Hello and welcome to the Physiatry Podcast, where we discuss topics in physical medicine, rehabilitation, pain management, traumatic brain injury, and sports medicine all in one. We focus on delivering the best, unbiased information to our audience. This is Dr. Avinash Ramchandani, and today our topic is Parkinson's disease. This is podcast number 24. I can't believe we're through 24 of these. Pretty excited for this podcast. This is going to be quite exciting. The information here is quite important. And I have a couple points in here that are very important for everybody to understand. And I hope everybody does. Thank you. And here we go for podcast number 24. The reason why I'm really talking about Parkinson's disease today is because one of my favorite anchors for KNBR Radio, which is a local sports station, they he passed away recently because of Parkinson's disease. He was a wonderful radio host and was extremely passionate about what he talked about. His name was Ralph Barbieri and had this really strong voice that always cut like a razor and that's how he got his name called uh, The Razor. So he was in a radio show called The Razor and Mr. T and it was quite interesting and he used to talk about my favorite giants and all sorts of other things. In any case, today our topic is Parkinson's disease and I like to keep things relevant to current topics. And although we keep talking about COVID-19, and that's probably the most relevant topic nowadays, it is really important to consider what else is going on in the world because it's important to remember that life still goes on despite COVID-19 going on around us or whatever else may go on around us. There are still people that have pain that are diagnosed with conditions like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's disease while this pandemic is going on. If you have something wrong with you, make sure you still go get treatment for whatever ails you as despite COVID-19 life doesn't stop and I can assure you that in our clinic especially we are taking quite a bit of care so that people don't get sick with COVID-19 and we don't expose anybody to COVID-19. I don't want to be exposed to COVID-19 and I haven't been yet thank God. You can get something else other than COVID-19 while you're out there you could get a heart attack, you could injure your wrist, or something else. It's very important to keep in mind that treatment is still something important for such things because those things can be as dangerous or more dangerous than COVID-19. In that vein, Parkinson's disease is something quite common and affects over 6 million people globally with over 100,000 deaths every year. The average lifespan after diagnosis is 7 to 15 years. The key is to get diagnosed early. So again, go out and get diagnosed if you have symptoms. Taking a step back, one of the complications from Parkinson's is dementia. And sometimes Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's disease, and dementia all get confused in this one big jumble. What is dementia is something to think about. So what is dementia? It is associated with issues with memory, focus, visual perception, reasoning, judgment, and comprehension. Alzheimer's disease, like Parkinson's, can cause dementia. They are both separate conditions. I will talk more about Alzheimer's in a future episode. There are new treatment, or there is a new treatment that has gained, gained fast track approval process from the FDA, and this 
should be looked at by March 7th, 2021. It's called Adakanumab. Uh, try to say that. A-D-U-C-A-N-U-M-A-B. It's actually meant for treatment for Alzheimer's disease. But today we're going to focus on Parkinson's disease. Now, Parkinson's disease is mostly a movement disorder, where people that have this issue have issues with movement and other issues with cognitive function. It was found in 1817 by a guy named James Parkinson. That's where the name came from. About six cases of what they called paralysis agitans, which have, this became known as Parkinson's disease. In 1912... Frederick Louis actually went in and, die, and took apart a person's brain with Parkinson's disease and found what they called Louis bodies. Eventually, Dr. Louis got a disease that named after him called Louis body dementia, which is similar but different than Parkinson's disease. Louis body dementia and its treatments are not the same as Parkinson's, and I can go into that a little bit later. The key feature that is classical in Parkinson's disease is an involuntary pill rolling tremor at rest. It is not symmetric, meaning it's not on both sides, it's just on one side. This all comes from something, these Louis bodies that are in the substantia Niagara, which is a part of the brain, which actually is a source of dopamine in the brain. Dopamine is a chemical that can make you happy and can do other things. So dopamine is the key to keeping the body still, but it's also the key for happiness in the body. So you can imagine that people with Parkinson's also can have things like depression. Another cardinal symptom of Parkinson's disease is rigidity. And patients with Parkinson's disease have a specific type of rigidity where increased muscle tone produces stiffness and resistance to movement and joints. So people that have this have what's called a cogwheel tremor or cogwheel rigidity where you're trying to move the arm but it moves in this weird cogwheel like ratchety type of way. If you can imagine having a gear being grinded and trying to move the gear and it gets stuck every time, that's how people's arms move when they have Parkinson's disease. This combination of tremor and increased tone is kind of where this cogwheel rigidity comes from. So there's also something called bradykinesia or akinesia, and it's where people have a very slow movement, and this movement is visualized in their face and also visualized everywhere else. So you see someone with Parkinson's, their face moves slowly, they have a very different expressions and almost like flat expressions where you try to talk to them and you're like, why are they not smiling? I'm cutting a joke. But their their symptoms are such that they actually have very slow movements and facial expressions. It's very interesting that patients with Parkinson's disease can also have what when they get excited or when something else like that happens, they can actually move like a normal person or move quickly. But normally, they just move very slowly. Even immobile patients can get excited and catch a ball, but at the same time, they can't do things normally when asked to do them. In late stages, people have postural instability, which is kind of like impaired balance, and they have frequent falls and can have bone fractures and other things. And 40% of patients, when they get towards the end of parking, Parkinson's disease can also have 
falls. And 10% may have falls even weekly. There are other disease factors, including what's called orthostatic hypotension, where people, when they stand up, can get dizzy. Now, if you stand up and get dizzy, most likely it's not Parkinson's disease, but many people can have that when they have Parkinson's disease. One of the most important things, especially as we get later into Parkinson's disease and the and the disease prognosis and, and disease factors, depression, apathy, and anxiety are quite common. People also can get a, a obsessive and compulsive behaviors such as craving, binge eating, pathological gambling, and other things. Very interesting how the motor disease can also develop into these psychological symptoms, and it's all because of dopamine in the brain. Now, people with Parkinson's disease can also sleep excessively and have excessive daytime sleep, sleep sleepiness, but also have nighttime insomnia. And they can have issues, issues with rapid eye movement sleep and other issues with sleep. So now let's talk a little bit about causes and how to avoid Parkinson's disease. One of the things to make people avoid Parkinson's disease is something that we can't really do anything about. That is, it is genetic. 15% of people with Parkinson's disease will have someone in their family, meaning their first degree relatives that have Parkinson's disease. On the other hand, there are environmental factors that can cause Parkinson's disease. Pesticides, for example, can cause Parkinson's disease and exposure to some pesticides can increase risk of Parkinson's disease. Lead can also increase the risk of Parkinson's disease. Head injuries, for example, Muhammad Ali had symptoms of similar something like Parkinson's disease, but a published study in 2012 suggests that playing in the NFL risks Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. Exercise may actually decrease Parkinson's disease and other neurodegenerative disorders. Again, we talk about exercise helping people with their weight and obesity and other things, but exercise again comes to something that can decrease people from getting Parkinson's disease. How about coffee and caffeine? There have been some some literature that coffee and caffeine can decrease the incidence of Parkinson's disease, and this seems to be true as well. Smoking can also actually decrease the incidence of of Parkinson's disease. The more people smoke, the less they get Parkinson's. So remember I talked about the substantia niagara? It's actually a part of what's called the basal ganglia. Basal ganglia makes our bodies move smoothly. And the basal ganglia is a part of the brain. It's kind of deep inside the brain. But the basal ganglia is the part that makes, again, our body move smoothly. Now, one of the things to think about is how people get diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Can you just go to an MRI machine and get an MRI and it'll tell you that you have Parkinson's disease? No, that is not the case in most patients. Most patients need an examination in order to get assessed for Parkinson's disease. The reason why I tell you assessed is because the confirmatory diagnosis can only happen upon autopsy. So once a patient has passed away, they can do an examination of the brain to check whether someone has Parkinson's disease. Most of the time, this is not needed because patients with Parkinson's disease can be diagnosed pretty easily by their physician. And most diagnoses are 
about 80 to 90% accurate upon their first diagnosis by a movement specialist. And I say movement specialist because that is a different specialty than a neurologist. It's actually a further specialization for someone to go see a movement specialist. And this sometimes needs to be done because patients have other movement disorders that can be confused with Parkinson's disease, including dementia with Lewy body or Lewy body dementia, and even Alzheimer's disease. And sometimes there are other things that can cause Parkinson's disease as well. So how do we treat Parkinson's disease? There is really no treatment or cure of Parkinson's disease, but there are many medications that can help with Parkinson's disease. One of the medications is what's called levodopa. This is a medication that's been used widely over the last 30 years. The interesting thing about levodopa is that it doesn't actually have dopamine in it. It just decreases the amount of dopamine that is metabolized to other things, increasing the amount of dopamine in the brain. Unfortunately, eventually, the amount of levodopa can actually change things where you have a decrease in the amount of dopamine that is naturally being produced because the body thinks that it has more than it needs. Because of this, then the body produces less dopamine, which actually can increase the amount of symptoms from Parkinson's disease. There are also many other dopamine agonists, which can actually help with the amount of dopamine in the brain. One of the common things that people use is something called primiprexol or ropinirole. They can both also be used for things like restless leg syndrome. And there is not another newer medicine called apomorphine. It's a dopamine agonist, which is not orally administered. It's actually done IV. And this can also help with late Parkinson's disease. There is some evidence that other medicines like amantadine or anticholinergics can help with dopamine, but for the most part, these are not used as first line. There are some trials being done for these medications, and we will see what the results are. One of the most important things with patients with Parkinson's disease is if they get their medicines on time. Most of the time, patients with Parkinson's disease do not get their medicine on time when they're in the hospital. I think this is an important thought. One of the things that we can think about for Parkinson's disease long-term may be something like deep brain stimulation. Deep brain stimulation is what we call a neuromodulation device. And this is something where they put a catheter, not a catheter, but a lead that has little contacts on it into the brain that's connected to a battery. It kind of works like a pacemaker or can be considered a brain pacemaker. And this actually comes from cardiac pacemakers in the past. So this is a derivation of that technology, similar to spinal cord stimulators. In any case, DBS or deep brain stimulation is used as the most used surgical treatment for Parkinson's disease and can help patients significantly long-term. I've seen the changes where I was in a neurological clinic and someone had just had a deep brain stimulator device put in and before they had the device put in, they were having all the symptoms of Parkinson's. They turned the device on and do a couple little adjustments and suddenly, bam, they're walking like a normal person. That's pretty incredible. There are lots of rehabilitation techniques that can be used for Parkinson's disease, some which are 
have some evidence, but most of them don't have very good evidence, and therefore I'm not going to talk about it much other than saying that regular physical exercise is very important for people with Parkinson's or without Parkinson's or to avoid Parkinson's disease. So remember that it is very important to do exercise no matter who you are or where you are or what you're doing. Speech and occupational therapy can also help with Parkinson's disease, especially if people have trouble with speaking or have trouble with swallowing. Speech therapy can be extremely important. Occupational therapy can also be important to promote health and quality of life and actually be able to do their normal activities of daily living. In the end treatments of Parkinson's disease, one of the things to think about is palliative care and things to avoid are things like pressure ulcers because this can be very devastating for patients where they develop ulcers that are very painful on their buttocks or wherever they're sitting because they're sitting quite a bit. There are many potential treatments for Parkinson's disease that are coming out, but there's nothing that is expected soon because a lot of the treatments have been under investigation. Some of them have bad side effects, but there are nothing that's recent or nothing that seems like it's coming out soon. So just to summarize, Parkinson's disease is a disease that mostly causes problems with movement, but can eventually cause problems with cognition, can cause problems with depression can cause other side effects. It is really important to get treatment early and really important to exercise and to try to avoid getting Parkinson's disease if you can. If you have a relative with Parkinson's disease, there's probably a higher chance of you getting Parkinson's disease. On the other hand, unless if there is a genetic factor that is specifically identified, it is not 100%. And even if there is, it's still not 100%. So in any case, Parkinson's disease is a varied disease with all sorts of treatments and even deep brain stimulation surgery that can be done. There are other things that can be done for Parkinson's disease, and we are still just breaking the surface on this disease, despite it being found in the 1800s. So hopefully we'll have some sort of treatment sometime here in the near future. It doesn't look very promising, but hopefully we'll have something sooner rather than later. And in many cases, many patients that li- that have Parkinson's disease do live a pretty good life and usually live to a normal age. Remember, if you or someone else that you know may have Parkinson's disease or think that they have Parkinson's disease, go get treatment for it. It would be very important to go get treatment because getting treated early is better than getting treated late. That's all I have for you this week. This is your host, Dr. Avinash Ramshanani. This is the Physiatry Podcast, episode number 24. Thank you for listening today, and hopefully you have a good couple weeks. I will see you back in a couple weeks here at the Physiatry Podcast.